0: Amen. Woo! I feel like I just want to do a little snap right there or something. Um, praise God. Thank you, worship team, for leading us one more time. That was awesome. And, uh, yeah, come on. If two people clap, we all clap. But We got like six months of clapping to make up for, so it's all right if we, if we go for it today. Um, let's jump back into the word uh, this morning. And, again, thank you for joining us online for those who are tuning in today. We are continuing in our sermon series that we've titled Honor, Honor, Honoring the Lord in all that we think, say, and do. And so for the past three weeks we've been talking about what it means and what it looks like to honor God. We talked about honoring the Lord with our gifts, honoring the Lord with our hearts, honoring the Lord with our minds and our speech, and how God has called us to live out this principle of honor. And the more that I read this book, uh, the more I begin to realize just how biblical this subject is. And I feel like it's uh, a forgotten virtue in so many ways. It's a a lost value in the church. But I really am praying that Walk Church is going to be a church, and I think already is, but I think we can get even better in establishing a culture of honor. When I say culture, it's less about what you see on the the, the sides or on the screen, it's more about how you feel when you're in a specific place. Does that make sense? My prayer is this, that that our church, whether it's in a warehouse, or in a school, or at your house, or in a coffee shop, that when people are around Walk Church, they feel honored and they sense honor to God. Amen? So that there's this vertical honor, like these people honor God, and they honor me. (laughs) What is that? How can we get there? Because I really believe that this is what God calls us to live. And so for the past week, we've we've talked about the vertical honor. And this week, I want us to start moving a little bit more horizontal the one another honor that God has called us to. Come on, I've been waiting to say this. So if you're ready, say ready. Come on, one more time. If you're ready, say ready. If you're hungry, say, let's eat. Let's eat from the word today. Uh, Father, as we get ready to eat from your word, Jesus, help us to endure a little bit extra heat and humidity. Jesus, help us to use our hands as fans. Jesus, help us to have minds that are locked into your word. Jesus, help us to have hearts that are ready to honor you with this time. Give us a spirit of listening and focus For everybody in the house this morning and online. God, we love you. We're ready to eat from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12. We're going to examine one verse of scripture here today. We're going to examine a bunch, but primarily one verse, Romans 12, verse 10. All right, everybody say verse 10. 10. Romans 12, verse 10, honor uh, one another. Honor one another. When you're there, say, I'm there. there. Come on, one more time. If you're there, everybody should be there by way of screen. Praise the Lord. You got the cheat sheet, Romans 12, verse 10. Let's read this together. Ready? One, two, three. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Many theologians who have given a treatment to the book of Romans have said that this is possibly the, the, the greatest love letter in the 66 books of the Bible. That there's something about Romans that is just filled with the diamonds and gems of the gospel. And Romans chapter 1 through 11 can often be defined as the explanation of God's grace. So... The first 11 chapters of Romans really explain the grace of God, explain the gospel, explain grace by faith in Christ alone, explain that Jesus loves us enough to die for us and rise for us. You see the explanation of God's grace. In Romans 12 through 15, you see the expectation of God's grace. So grace explained leads to grace expected. In other words, if you've been touched by the grace of God today, God expects you to do something with it. Does that make sense? Like if you've tasted his love, if you've experienced his grace, there's this expectation from the Bible that you're going to feel, look, and think different. Right? Another text in the book of Titus says it's the grace of God that teaches us to walk holy and worthy lives. That it's God's grace. So today I want to look at a grace expectation, and I love that because... Because we have an expectation here at Walk Church that we've recently defined as as honor is our expectation, right? So we're coming out with some different distinctives that really set the tone for who we are as a church, and one of those is that honor is our expectation because I've found that in the scriptures, honor is not just a good suggestion, honor is not a good option, honor is our expectation, God talks to the priest in 1 Samuel chapter 2, and he says, we once had this agreement that you were going to do this, and I was going to do that, but God says, my new agreement is whoever honors me, I'll honor them. Honor is an expectation. Jesus goes back to his hometown expecting to be honored, but yet because there was no honor in his hometown, he did very little mighty works there, and I just, I want to see all the mighty works that God has for us. I want to walk in them, amen? Amen. All the mighty works God has for you and your family, I want you to experience all of them. And I think honor has a part to play in that. So let's go ahead and talk about what does it look like to honor one another. This verse starts out with these three words. Come on, repeat them after me. Ready? One, two, three. Love one another. Wow. Wow. If we closed it up right there, we did well. If we could apply those three words in our everyday lives, in our everyday homes, with our spouse, with our kids, with our kids, with our parents, with teachers, with boyfriends and girlfriends and fiancés and just people in the church, if we do this, we're going to be living out what Jesus called us to do. Now, some of y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. You're like, show me where that's at. Let me do it, okay? Let's go on a little bit of a journey. John chapter 13... Verse 34 and 35, these verses are challenging and really powerful. Here's what Jesus says. He says, a new commandment. Come on, everybody say new commandment. He says, a new commandment I give you. What does that mean? Here's what that means. In the Old Testament, specifically in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, you see God give the Shema, which is the commandment. Right, The first and the greatest commandment out of all 613 is to love God with all your mind, heart, soul, strength, in other words, everything, and love your neighbor as yourself. But what happened, I believe, is that people started to find loopholes. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? So, for example, people would say, well, I don't really even love myself, so I guess I don't have to love people. (laughs) And Jesus goes... Let me go ahead and rework that for you. Let me give you a new commandment because Jesus is God in the flesh. He can do that. He goes, let me explain the heart behind the commandment. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. Let me give you a challenge because we've been in this honor series giving out honor challenges, all right? Your choice if you want to accept it or not. But this week, sometime between now and next Sunday, I want you to carve out 15 minutes and get yourself a pen and a pad. Don't even use your phone. Come on, go old school, all right? It's crazy that that's old school, right? Get yourself an actual journal or a paper and a pen. And here's what I want you to do I want you to begin to write down all the ways that He has loved you. Come on, how does Jesus love you? He talks to you, He listens to you in prayer. He dies for you on a cross. He rises for you in our time of need. He says he's Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us always. I don't even like being with myself always. right? Jesus is with us always. These are just some of the ways he loves us. He cares for us. He's kind to us. He forgives us. He is patient with us. Can I get an amen? y'all forget how to talk? Come on, come on. Amen, right? He is with us. Now here's, and then take that list and say, okay, this is the expectation on me. How do I do that for one another? What if we started to honor people that way? Here, go further, 35. Let's look at verse 35. By this, if you do this, if you actually step into biblical Christianity, it's a big if. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's a big if. I can't guarantee you you're going to do it. But if you take this challenge and start to love people the way Jesus loves people and the way Jesus loves you, here's what's going to happen. Check this out. Listen to me. People in your life, at your job, in your workplace, in your own home, in the city of Las Vegas are going to say, that person's a disciple. I think one of the things that we have wrong with Christianity in America is that People don't know who's a disciple and who's not. That should never be the case. I mean, peep this verse right here. Jesus makes loving one another the measuring stick as to whether you are truly a disciple or not. Jesus goes, let me measure your discipleship. How do you love people? How do you love people that look different than you? How do you love people that disagree with you? How do you love people that look like you? Because Jesus says, I'm not like any of y'all, but I love you. I'm going to measure your level of discipleship. People are going to know, by the way, you love one another. I love how Jesus in John 15, literally two chapters later, just says the same thing. I, I got short-term memory loss. I just figured, I was like, man, did I, did I, what just happened? How did I forget already, right? Jesus is like, I got you. Let me remind you. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Check out what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 13, right? We're in 12. Let's look at 13. He says, owe no one anything. Some of y'all were going to amen that, right? Like, you're like, good, I don't want to owe nobody. But to love each other. Paul said, look, check this out. You don't got to owe anybody anything. Just make sure you love people. Oh man, this is a challenging verse for me. Owe no one anything except to love one another for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law reminds you: six hundred and thirteen laws in this Old Testament. That's a lot, amen. That's a lot of do's and don'ts. I can't keep them all. I mean, I'm probably breaking five of them right now with just this jersey on. <laughs> it's like only have one type of cotton, you know. I'm like, dang, you know, facial hairs, just different type. We're breaking them, right? But here's what the heart of the Father is it says: This It says, "But if you love one another." If you love each other, you're fulfilling the law. There's something about when you love people, the way God loves you, you start fulfilling the call of God on your life. Let me convince you a little bit further if I can. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Here's what the disciple Peter caught. He says it like this. He says, above all. Come on, say above all. above all. So here's what I want you to do. Hey, grab your list. Grab your religious list if even if you want, reading the Bible. Praying, going to church, tithing, fasting, small group, all that. He goes, above all those things, do all those things. Those things are all good. But above all those things, just keep loving one another. Mm. I'm with you, Mono. (laughs) I'm tracking with you, bro. Above all those things, keep loving one another earnestly. Keep, Keep loving one another eagerly. Keep loving one another every day. All times. When does this, is there's no expiration date on loving each other. Amen. Since love covers a multitude of sins. I really feel like this is a missing ingredient in our house, in our city, in the big C church. That man, I pray that people far from God. Hear me, let me see everybody's eyes. My prayer is that people far from God would be able to walk into this warehouse or wherever. And sense love. Think one way that you can ask yourself, am I a disciple or am I a Pharisee? Is how do I love people? Remember that Jesus, when they said, Jesus, why did you come here? Why did you step down from heaven to earth? He says it like this in Luke chapter 19. He says, I have come to seek, do y'all know it? And save the The lost. Friends, the moment we get tired of seeking and seeing people lost, saved, find a new church. And take me with you, all right? Can I come too? Because the mission of Walk Church has always been to free people to walk in Jesus. And that is only going to happen when lost people get to know Christ. And they feel loved by us, they would maybe feel loved by him. And say, man, I need to be a disciple. I need to repent from my sin and follow this king named Jesus. That's my my heart. That's when I talk about honor. It starts with loving one another. Bob Goff is an author of a book called Love Does, and he writes in his work, he says it like this. He says, love one another. We don't need more instructions. We need more examples. Amen? Like, that's what I mean when I say we could close up this book right now and just go And let's apply this thing. Let's walk it out. We don't need to hear it more. I think we just need to start being an example. I've been testing this out. Check this out, you guys. Let 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 me share this with you out of brokenness. If I can just be transparent with you and brokenness. Every single statistic and poll that I've checked on Christianity in America today is on the decline. We are seeing the least amount of baptisms ever. The least amount of people going to church ever. America's the fourth largest lost country in the world. There's more missionaries moving to America to reach America than we're sending. We are in a lost nation. People are, are leaving, churches are closing the door. You know, I think one of the reasons why is because we've lost the love. We forgot how to honor people. But I think if we can just get back to what Jesus called us to do, we're going to start to see more people go, man, this is better than anything in this world. These people are better than anybody in this world. There's an honor here. There's an authenticity here. There's a love here. I don't got it all figured out, but I still am loved. If we can get there, church, I think we're going to see these things go up. At least I pray that for our church. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hey, I'm going to clap for that. I believe God is going to do it in this house. You might be thinking, how is it going to happen? What does it look like? You sold me. We're supposed to love each other. But what type of love does this look like? Great question. Romans 12.10 says this, love one another with brotherly affection. You might be familiar, there's three different types of love in the Bible. We've talked about them at Walk Church before. There's actually a commercial on TV that talks about the different loves. I think New York Life Insurance talks about these different loves. The first and the best love is agape love. Agape love is unconditional. It goes beyond feelings. You can never say I fell out of love if you're talking about agape love. You can give up on agape love. You can say, hey, I just chose to stop loving you. Jesus doesn't, but you can stop. That's agape. Agape pushes through feelings. It's the love that we're called to love people with, to love God with. The second type of love is eros love. It's where we get our our English word erotica, right? It's a sexual love that is supposed to only be Initiated in the context of marriage. Uh, no amens for that, okay, you know. Um, yeah, and so it's a love that uh, is, spo- is, is shared between spouses. It's Eros love. Um, the third love is Phileo love. It's where we get the city name Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Penn, who founded the name Philadelphia in the 1600s, said, I really wanna have a city that is full of brotherly love and that's why they named the city Philadelphia Philadelphia that they would live out Romans 12:10 I'm praying that we would live that out here church that Romans 12:10 would be the heartbeat of our church that we love one another what kind of love is it tough love nah sometimes it's brotherly love affectionate love sometimes affectionate love looks like telling people the truth Sometimes, uh, well, it always looks like telling people the truth. Sometimes in a tough way, but always in a loving way, an affectionate way. And maybe some of you are like me that you're not really that affectionate, and you're feeling like, man, why do I got to be affectionate? Here's what I would tell you. Pray for yourself. <laughs> I've been praying for myself. John, I have. Like, God, help me to be more affectionate. Let me give you some definitions of the word uh, affectionate. To cherish one another as family. To feel. The word affection means that you feel. You feel pain. You feel love. You feel emotion. And it moves you to action. That's what it means to love one another with brotherly. That's the phileo that's the love. It's the, it's the love that you have when you watch the Knights game later and you get excited about a goal. That, that I love this may look different than I love my wife. It's different. It's a it's it's an action that just oozes out of you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Both loves are key. All three loves are important, but this love right here is that man family love. Brotherly love. One thing we say all the time here at Walk, help me repeat it if you know it, the church isn't like family. The church is family. Right? So 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 it's not, "Hey Donnie, you're like my brother in Christ." No, because that means you're, you're like that, but you're not actually. When we say, no, you are my brother, right? You, you, you are my sister, Alina, right? You, we are family, and here's what family does. Family doesn't always agree, but family always loves. This verse doesn't say love one another by agreeing on everything. This says love one another by being affectionate toward each other, even in your, come on, disagreements, Amen. Right? love one another with brotherly affection, is what this says. Cherish one another as family. This is an authentic love. It's not a fake love. Maybe, maybe one way to, to grasp this a little further is by going back just a verse. Let me take you back to Romans 12:9, give you a little bit more context here. Verse 9 says it like this: it says, Let love be genuine. Won't say that word, genuine. In other words, hey, no more fake love. Amen? Deal? Are y'all with me? Online? Can we just just do away with the fake love? Uh, Let's just keep, let's have that commitment today. We came back today and we said, hey, we made a stake in the ground statement. No more fake love. We're going to be real with one another. We're going to love one another. Here's how you know you can be honoring. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Let love be genuine. The NLT translation says, don't just pretend to love others. This is something we do well. We have this kind of, oh, love you, bro, but I don't have affection for you. Your pain doesn't become my pain. Your sorrow doesn't become my sorrow. But if you really want to live this verse out, Your love has affection to follow. Let love be genuine. Don't just pretend to love others. The word genuine means not a counterfeit. Free from hypocrisy. An authentic love. I see this on display in Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6. Here's what the author in Proverbs says. He says, better. Come on, everybody say better. 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 Type it on the chat. Better. Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. In other words, you don't have to be a yes man to love people, does that make sense? Like for example, if you see me and I got a little something on my face, tell me, please. If you see somebody here at Walk Church going down a path of destruction, you have all the authority to reach out in love with brotherly affection and say, I love you. Enough to not hide it from you. I have found more people say, man, I didn't, I didn't want to offend you so, because I love you, so I just let you fall off the cliff. What type of love is that? Don't, don't, don't let people go to hell in the name of love. I didn't want to tell you the gospel because I thought you might get offended if I told you. To. Wait, hold up. I didn't want to, you know, like tell you that maybe that wasn't the best look or maybe you should have did that differently or maybe that could have been more loving, etc. In the name of, that's hiding love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. I want us to have a a biblical love, amen, a biblical honor. Stuff we see here in the text. Let me make us, uh, let me help us get to our final point here. Love one another with brotherly affection. Verse 10 says, outdo one another in showing honor. I love this part right here. And this part gets me excited right now. I just want to jump up and down. Outdo one another in showing honor. Maybe I get excited about this part in this verse because I'm a competitor. If I'm honest, I'm an athlete. I love to compete. And the only scripture... Let me confess to you, I, and please, if you find another one, show it to me. I've been looking for them. The only scripture I've found in the Bible that says compete against each other like this is found in the subject of honor. It says, here's what we're called to do, walk church. Let me, l- look at me, look at me. Let me lean, lean in with me, lean in with me. Here's what we're called to do. We're called to compete against each other in the way we honor each other right, as an athlete who played high school, college, and professional basketball and coached as well. When we prepare for a game, there's strategy involved, right, there's discipline involved, there's practice involved, there's intentionality involved. What if you started to apply these words to the way you honored people? Like, for example, you said, okay, I'm supposed to honor. Let's just start in the home. I'm supposed to honor. I'm about to outdo my wife in the way I honor her. This verse right here is going to change some marriages in this place. If you wake up every day not expecting to be honored but being creative is how you're going to honor, oh, man. And the person next to you wakes up and says, okay, how can I honor? How can I outdo him today? What can I do to outdo her today? Like she's going to try to honor me, but I'm going to go higher." And then you start to think about people in the church and you go, look, this person that's in my small group, my charge group, I've been seeing this person at church. I'm about to outdo them in honoring them. Like they might try to get me and honor me. I'm about to go higher. Like I'm not on their birthday. I'm not just going to put an HBD on their Facebook page. I'm going to do better this year. I'm actually going to call them. I'm actually going to send them a Starbucks gift card. I don't know. I'm actually going to take them out. Right. I don't know what that looks like for you. But here's what I'm saying, friends. What if we took serious the calling to outdo each other and showing honor to each other? Amen? I mean, this is the challenge that I want to present to you. I want to present this challenge to everybody in the room. Husbands, outdo your wives in the way you honor her. Wives, outdo your husband in the way you honor him. Kids, outdo your parents in the way you honor them. Parents, outdo your kids in the way they honor you. Walk church. Outdo one another in the way you honor each other. To to those who have social media accounts, before you post, if your post can't pass through Romans 12.10, don't post it. Like two people are like, If it can't pass through loving somebody with brotherly affection and outdoing them and showing honor, then it's not for you, Christian. It could be for somebody else. But if we're really called to be disciples of Jesus, that make disciples of Jesus, that are measured by the way we love one another as disciples of Jesus, everything counts. And so if it's not honoring Check your heart before you start. Is this honoring? Am I gonna outdo somebody in the way I honor them? And here's what I want I want to show you here: that that this is not a verse that is applied selectively to certain people. Do you you got me? We're gonna talk more about this throughout the series, but 1 Peter 2:17, check this verse out. It's dangerous. I'm giving you a disclaimer, it's gonna hurt your feelings. 1 Peter 2.17 says it like this. It says, honor everyone. Who's in everyone? Uh, uh, Here's who's in everybody. The emperor, your lost friends, people on the left side, people on the right side, people on no side, people in sin, people that are homeless, people that are broken, people that are Pharisees, people that are awesome, people that are not awesome. People that smell bad, people that don't know they smell bad, right? People that are everywhere in this city in this 90% lost city that doesn't know Jesus and go to church are in this everyone. Amen. And so when we start to take this call serious to honor I think Jesus is going to be glorified and people are going to get saved. I don't see another option. Honor everyone, love the family, the brother, fear God, honor the emperor. Right? I know we're in a crazy season, and people are on all sides of the map. I, I love what happens in the book of Joshua. If you haven't read it, you've got to check it out. In the book of Joshua, you see Joshua leading the people out of the wilderness, and he comes upon this big water, and this glorified angel shows up on the scene and scares everybody. And Joshua goes... Whoa, are you on our side, or are you on their side? And the angel goes, I am the side. It's God's side. There's no, there's no left or right. It's his side. And allow him and his book to shape the convictions and affections of your heart. And that, that's challenging for me as a Christian. As a husband, as a dad, as a pastor, I expect it to be challenging for you, but this is what we're called to do as disciples of the Lord. I pray that God would give us a culture here at Walk Church where people on all different sides can come in and still feel honored, where people on all different sides can feel loved. It does not mean you have to agree. It does mean you still have to honor amen if you feel me say I feel you that was one of those like man I feel you but I don't know if I feel you (laughs) and I feel you (laughs) all right let me give you some more uh, context here on what this looked like in Jesus's day this was this was not an easy thing for the disciples how many disciples did Jesus have 12 right at at minimum right he had all types of different people When Jesus calls the 12, he calls fishermen that were average, right? Do you ever see Peter catch a fish without Jesus' help? He's terrible. Jesus is like, I'm going to grab y'all. Y'all need help. And then he grabs Matthew, who's a tax collector. In other words, Matthew was a citizen who was stealing money from his own people and then charging them higher prices and then there were the zealots in the land of Israel who hated the tax collectors and the tax collectors hated the zealots and so Jesus in the same moment says Matthew tax collector come follow me hey Simon you zealot come follow me can you imagine that team yeah, yeah. I'm sure that and then Judas is just counting the money right like let me get some of that uh-huh. do you can you find a moment where Jesus didn't honor Judas where Jesus didn't honor Simon they didn't agree Simon definitely didn't agree with Matthew. Matthew definitely didn't agree with Simon. But they still honored each other and they still walked with Jesus. Amen? And they still went on to plant churches and make disciples and give their lives to the kingdom. This, this I, I pray, is the makeup of our church. We, we see this in the book. To not be a one-dimensional leader where you just honor certain people. Like maybe today you'd say, well, all right, fine. If you got a college degree, I'll honor them. Nah. I'll honor the skinny people. No. I'll honor the big people. No. Don't put dimensions and categories on your honor. Go through that. Outdo it. Listen to James, the brother of Jesus, who was a disciple, right? Here's what James said. James chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. He says, my brothers, my family, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Ouch. Listen, my beloved brother, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man, he says. It's about honor. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? In this context, this was the case. Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Please, my friends, don't show partiality with your honor. Just show honor. A high respect. A high degree of love. A value of honor. John Piper says it like this as he wrote on these verses. He says... Beware of honoring only one kind of person, one race or ethnicity, whatever word you want to use there. Beware of honoring just one. Let's honor all. Let's put value on all different ethnicities in our church today, amen? Beware of honoring only one socioeconomic class. Let's honor all the socioeconomic classes. Beware of honoring only one educational level. Let's honor all the educational levels, amen? Beware of honoring only one sex. I only honor men or only honor women. Let's honor both as equal in the image of God. Amen? Beware of honoring only one age. I'll honor you when you get older. No, honor everybody regardless of age. Beware of honoring only one way of dressing. I don't like the way they look, so I'm not going to honor them. That doesn't fly here in the kingdom. Beware of honoring only one body weight. Beware of honoring only one personality. God really gets angry when he sees this kind of dishonoring in the church. Allow your honor to go past your preferences. It's going to take discipline. That's how you outdo somebody. You don't just wake up and outdo somebody. You get creative. You strategize. Work at it, church. Amen? And this is such a big deal as we're getting ready to close. I'm I'm very passionate about this subject, as you can see. This is such a big deal to my heart and for Nina and I, that I would even say this in love. That if this subject of honoring one another that I believe is thoroughly biblical, you have a hard time with it, you don't necessarily agree with it. I would even lovingly tell you, you're probably going to have a hard time at this church. lovingly would say, you probably would want to look for a different church because here's what we're not going to bend the standard on, honoring one another, loving one another. Regardless of any (laughs) other distinction, there will be honor. And my prayer is that you would have that heart with us. Last point, and Vashon, you can come up here and be more of a cue. We got to wrap this up. How do we do it? How do we love and honor people? This is radical, y'all. This, this is difficult. This is not natural. This is supernatural. Honoring people above yourself, honoring people that don't look like you or talk like you or think like you, this is not natural. This is, this is challenging stuff. Here's how you do it. Hebrews chapter 12 says, fixing your eyes on Jesus who is the author and perfecter of faith it's when you say Jesus I can't honor this person I am so upset with this person Jesus says let me help you let me do it through you I was once upset with you and I still honored you did you know that Jesus honors you have you forgot that Jesus adopted you into his family Have you forgot that Jesus seated you at the right hand of the Father with him and made you a fellow heir? Did you forget that Jesus shed his blood to honor you? Nobody's outdid in honor than Jesus. Did you forget that Jesus prepares a place for you in heaven so that you could be with him forever? Who are you? Who am I? I'm a little speck on this planet that's full of sin. Jesus says, I'm going to honor you put value on you, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. The only way for you to apply this level of honor and love toward your brothers and sisters and those who are far from God, the only way you can do this is by understanding that you were honored first by God and that you can't give what hasn't been given to you first. And until you receive God's honor for you, God's love come down for you, until you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and his honor to you, you can't give that same honor because you don't know what it feels like to be forgiven. But friend, you can be forgiven. Friend, you can be saved. You can be honored by God, sealed with the Holy Spirit for eternity. If you would repent from your sin and believe in him today. So brothers and sisters and men and women and children in this place today, I just want to invite you, if you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and the one who honors you today through his life, death, and resurrection, receive him today. Hopefully everybody got one of these as you came in. It's a little communion pack. They were pre-packaged, so hands weren't on these things. Praise God. And if you're a believer in Jesus today and you know him as Lord, I want to invite you to grab one of these out right now. And if you need one, maybe you missed it, just go ahead and stretch your hand up and we'll have one of our awesome Dream Team members bring one of these over to you. So go ahead and pull this out and if you can go ahead and start breaking it open. Here's what I want you to do says, when we take communion together, and if you're watching this online, go ahead and get you some bread. Go ahead and get you some juice. Here's what I want you to do right now. Examine your heart. Examine your mind. And just say, okay, have I been dishonoring? Have I dishonored anybody? Is there there people that, that I've dishonored? I need to honor them. Have I been dishonoring God with my life? Have I been dishonoring God with my walk? Have I been dishonoring God with my mind, my speech, whatever that may be? Right now, this is a moment to just get right with God. Grab your cracker, grab your bread, grab your juice, and let's get ready to honor the Lord together. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. As we pull out this little wafer bread right here that represents your body. Broken for our sin. God, we honor you. By your stripes, we're healed. By your body broken for us, we're forgiven. We're made new. So we remember you now. We examine our hearts. Get us right. Help us to be more honoring, more loving toward our neighbor. We take this bread broken for us, we remember your death, Jesus. Thank you for dying for our sin. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come and partake of the bread. Matthew 26 says, in the same manner, he took the cup. And after blessing it, he gave it to them He said, this cup represents my blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. He said, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of it this again, this fruit of the vine again, until I drink of it with you in person. We take this right now. Let's just remember the blood of Jesus. Come on, close your eyes with me. See see Jesus on the tree. See his nail-pierced hands. See his blood on his body. Broken for our sin. He said, you're to die for. Walk, church. He said, you're to die for. I love you. I honor you to die for. Cleanse us this morning, God. Cleanse us this afternoon, God. We honor you, Jesus. We're ready to do your will. You've never lost a battle. Thank you for your forgiveness and grace. Thank you for the blood that washes away all our sin. Thank you for meeting us here today, the Walk Warehouse. In Jesus' name we honor you. Amen. Amen. You can partake in. Amen. Well, we honor the Lord this morning, don't we, church? We honor him with communion. We honor him with our worship. We honor him with our sacrifice. We honor him with our praise. And uh, I'm grateful to honor him with you in community.